franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Welcome to episode 60 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. My name is Sarah Wasco, and I am joined by my colleague, Roxanne Rapsky. And we created this podcast to bring to you all things franchising and business ownership related. And we love having guests join us and share their stories with us. And our guest today is David Baton. And David is the founder and brand president of Bumble Roofing. And Bumble Roofing is a new brand that uh, FranNet has started working with recently. And we met um, and learned about them at our recent conference uh, last month. And so we wanted, uh, we thought it was an interesting story and we wanted to share the story with you. So David, thanks for taking time out of your busy day and joining us on Unpredicted Entrepreneur today. Of course. Thanks y'all for having me. Absolutely. So uh, let's just kind of dive right in. We thought that you really had an interesting background and kind of an interesting story uh, about kind of how uh, Bumble Roofing evolved. So just kind of start off telling us what happened back in 2007, 2008 uh, with your family. Yeah. So uh, back in 2007, 2008, just like, just like most families across, across America and the world, um, you know, I, I, I was brought up in, in, in a very well-off family. Um, no matter what we wanted, me and my sister growing up, we got, uh, you know, I, I grew up really not having a strong work, work ethic because of that. And uh, 2007, 2008, eight, you know, my family lost everything, just just like a lot of other families did. We, we lost our home, you know, cars starting getting repoed. And and for me, that was really a sense of, you know, of, of urgency and, and, a, and really a breakthrough. You know, although I could have looked at it as a curse and, and played the victim, uh, you know, it, it was really one of the biggest blessings in my life because that's really where I started getting that work ethic. Um, so immediately, um, you know, at the age of 19, after spending a year in college up in Santa Barbara, uh, I moved back to Los Angeles and decided to get into, uh, commission sales in the home service and, and commercial service space. Yeah. So commission sales is one of those things. If you don't work, you don't eat, right? Exactly. So that was, is definitely a motivator. I thought it was interesting that you had shared that you had had everything until you didn't, right? And that your parents had struggled um, when they were children, their families had struggled. And so they had made a commitment to provide for you guys everything you needed. But then to your point, you didn't really have the work ethic. And it's interesting because our last guest, uh, she was raised working um, as a migrant farmer and started doing that at age 10. So people's stories wow. are, are just really kind of intriguing. So you started commission sales and the home service business. Did you drop out of college? Yeah. So I, I you know, I, w- I went to college not really knowing what I wanted to do. Uh, being that I come from an entrepreneur background, you know, be, with, with my dad, just, you know, starting businesses on, on his own, um, you know, I, I always had that at front of mind. So I went to school, 
dropped out after a year, moved back to Los Angeles. Um, and a family friend of mine actually got me into the home service space as, as an in-home commission sales guy. Um, you know, he was working for a company, had a great training program. And within a couple of weeks, you know, this 19 year old kid is out there selling kitchen remodels and roofs and, and pools and, and you name it. And, you know, I was, I was doing absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, and over the course of about six years, I started noticing that most of the companies I worked for had profits over people. Um, and, and for me, you know, I'm, I'm a people's person. Um, I like to sleep at night and, and get a good night to sleep. And, you know, I like, I like to make a difference in people's lives. I'm, I'm obviously, you know, we're, we're not a nonprofit organization over here with Bumble, but we put our people first. And, and when I say our people, I'm not just talking about our employees and, 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 and our subcontractors. I'm talking about our customers, right? So, so most, of, most of these companies I worked for, uh, because they put profits over people, customers ended up having horrible experiences, which resulted in me having a lot of missed sales opportunities, upset customers, not very sustainable, right? So <clears throat> I was hopping around from, from company to company. I wouldn't say all, but the majority of the companies that I worked for in the home service and commercial service space really just had the same values. You know, they, they didn't really care what happened to their brand. They didn't really care about the customers. So in 2015, I decided to just, you know, really take it on my own and, and, and start my own business. Uh, so uh, 2015, I launched my first business. Uh, we started off as a roofing and solar company. Uh, within two months, you know, being that I provided a great service for my customers, customers would start calling back and asking, hey, can you help us out with windows? Can you help us out with the kitchen remodel? And being that I had that experience, I'm like, you know what, why not? So eventually that turned into a complete A through Z home remodeling company at our peak. <coughs> Excuse me. We had about 14 in-home sales guys, uh, all commission-based. Now that you know led me back to, to where I was before with, with in-home commission sales guys. Um, although some of them did have the customer up front of mind, most of them had profits in their pockets up front of mind. And that resulted again in, in bad customer experiences, upset customers. Um, and just missed sales opportunities for, for, for future referrals. So um, after visiting a seminar in uh, 2018, uh, you know, with about 150 other home service companies throughout the, U the U.S., I, I, I noticed a couple of things. But one of the main things I noticed in that seminar was that every single company there that was, you know, $20 million, $50 million companies was focused on one product. And, or, or maybe even two, but two at the very most. And, and what that means is that they can, one, sustain a business. They can scale very quickly because it's more cookie cutter. Uh, but three, they're professional at what they do. The biggest issue that we had with our in-home commission sales team is that we sold everything. You know, we, we believed if you go out for a roof and you're great at that, you can figure out a way to sell them a pool if the customer loves you. And, 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 and that wasn't very sustainable because... You would have salespeople that would go out that would have you know twenty percent closing rates on 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 kitchen remodels and then seventy five percent on on roofing. They just weren't an absolute professional in in every single product. So uh, after I came back from that seminar, I decided to put that business up for sale. Um, I told myself that if I ever get back into the home service space, I want to build a model that's focused primarily on the customer, uh, but two. I really want to get rid of that in-home commission sales model, right? That 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 was for me just dealing with in-home commission sales guys for 
you know, almost almost four years uh, was was a business in its in its own. So, uh, 2019 launched Bumble Roofing. Um, you know, with the main value in mind being the customer experience. Um, you know, our mission was all about the customer, affordable roofing, quality product, and, and an easy process. So we've done that by you know implementing tech um, and just an overall great experience. Like it's not with, with us, and, and we can get into this a, a little bit later on. It's it's not just installing a roof and installing a great product. We live in a day and age where it's important for organizations to build a raving fans. Uh, and I really feel like we've done that over here with Bumble. So when I first launched, my plan was to build the next big household roofing name on my own. Uh, about two years into that, I realized that that's not very possible on my own. Uh, I also don't have the capital to expand that quickly. So we, 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 we became one of the biggest residential roofers in Southern California. Um, I think as of last year, we we're probably the third largest residential roofing installer in Los Angeles County. Um, and uh, about two years into it, I started looking into franchising. Uh, a buddy of mine introduced me you know, to, to the franchising world. Uh, before that, I thought franchising was just your, you know, your fast food joints, your five guys, your subways. Um, I had no idea that home services can, can become a franchise and that I can take what I've built and help other people succeed and, and, and build on those same dreams and goals. So about two years into that, um, as I mentioned, started looking to franchising. Uh, the broker who helps facilitate the acquisition of my last business actually contacted me uh, just to catch up. I told him what's going on. He said, hey, if I can you know, bring you in a partner that can potentially help you grow and fulfill that, that, that dream and mission that you have with making Bumble the leading roofing household name in the U.S., is, is that something you'd be interested in? So uh, immediately I said yes, um, gave him about 90 days to go to work. And, um, he, you know, he brought over a bunch of different private equity companies, some private buyers as well. And for me, uh, as you guys know, since 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 you you dealt with Empower in the past, for me, for me, the team at Empower Brands was, was really love at first sight. Um, I knew that with their experience, they can take bumble to that next level uh, fairly quickly. Uh, but two, which was the biggest deciding factor for me was the type of people that, that we're working with and the culture that they built over there. Uh, you know, they're all about, which isn't what I knew my entire career. They're all about people over profits. Um, most of the companies, as I mentioned, growing up in the home service and commercial service space was profits over people. And, and, and I, I really see that, you know, from, from, from the day I made that decision up until Wow, now about seven, seven or eight months later since, since we were acquired by Empower, um, I, I, I see that through thick and thin. You know, it's, it's a trickle down effect all the way from the CEO, Scott Zide, uh, down, down, down to your, you know, to, to the marketing team, support team. Everybody there has one mission. And, you know, obviously, yes, the, the mission is for everybody to make money. But, but the main mission is to make sure that, that everybody succeeds and, and everybody's supported. So I want to back up really quickly. Yeah. There's two things that stood out to me on our call. Um, one of them was, even though, you know, you kind of alluded to the fact that you guys grew up with everything, um, you did work though in your dad's warehouse, right? You, you did work and you were around entrepreneurship. And I don't know if you, I, you know, you use that term work lightly, but because um, you're smiling. But so tell us a little about that early exposure to entrepreneurship. And did you ever get the bug or was it just you were there because your dad wanted you there? 
Yeah. So I, I obviously have to be honest because my dad's probably going to watch this video <laughs> later on. Um, I would work because my dad would make me work. Okay. <laughs> Most of the time when he wasn't watching, I was falling asleep in an empty office under a desk. Uh, you know, we it, and, and, you know, kudos to my dad. Right. Like, I think I think the work ethic subconsciously came from him. You know, mm-hmm. I never really saw it full on growing up. But my dad would be up, you know, his, his warehouse was about two and a half hours away from where we live oh. without traffic. So he was up at 4.35 a.m. already leaving the house, not getting back till late nights. And, you know, I, I, I realized when, when my family did lose everything that, hey, if I want the good things in life, if I want to be able to eventually support a family, that's what it takes. You know, yeah. the hard work, the dedication, the drive, and that no matter what, you got to wake up in the morning, you got to get, get it done. Um, you know, that's, that's what it's going to take. So yes, although I did work and I was down there with, you know, with the employees pre-packing boxes and, <laughs> and, and tagging boxes and taping boxes and, you know, packing out semi-trailers, um, it, I, I absolutely hated everything, <laughs> every single waking moment of that. But, but now that I look back at it, like I, I, I thank God every single day that, that he put me through that. That was modeled for you. Yeah. So I think yeah. you're right. Subconsciously, it was sinking in and um, you had the wherewithal to, because not everybody reacts the way that you do to those circumstances. You went out and got after it. Um, not everybody does that. The other thing that stood out to me, and this is like small, but you know, I think so many independent entrepreneurs learn so many lessons along the way. And I think all those little lessons are very important. One thing that was very interesting to me that you said about when you went to this big seminar with all these other successful companies, not only were they doing only one or two things, the things they were doing got them in and out of the house very quickly. And you guys were kind of camping out, right? Like, so you're doing these big projects, you're there for months and months and months. So I think that was another big aha that I wanted to uh, make sure that we went back and talked about because I thought that was important too. Yeah. So, you know, growing up in the industry, like my sales managers, you know, uh, partners that I had, you know, even as a salesperson, you believe that you sell this huge project, you know, whether it be a room addition, kitchen remodel or a new construction, you're bringing in, this, bringing in all this money. Well, one, yes, you are, but it's over a long period of time. So although, you know, a $50,000, $100,000 commission sounds nice, you're not spending the next 12 to 18 months with that specific customer. So you break that down, you know, with all the driving and the time that you're spending, that becomes very hectic. Now, two, the chances of, of running into issues, they, they get much larger as the project becomes larger and as the project becomes longer. When you start building that relationship and, and, and you're now basically married to the customer and you're in their home every single day, things can go wrong very, very quickly. So after visiting that seminar, um, you know, the, 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 the longest product that, that a company out there was, was staying in house was, was two week bathroom remodels. Everybody else, you know, it was windows, siding, roofing, um, driveways, like quick in and out jobs where, you know, you can make, you could, you could create a volume based business. You can still make your customers happy. Um, but, but you're in and out and you're on to the next project. And, and that's really, you know, when, when I was thinking in, in, in late 2018, what I wanted to do next, I didn't know just yet that it was roofing, but I told myself it has to be a product where within a week to two weeks, we're out of that mm-hmm. house completely. 
Good. Yeah, that that's interesting. I, I thought it was interesting too that when you came back from that seminar, you just decided to sell your company. So you didn't try to change the business model. You just decided to sell and go do something else. So you started this roofing company. And tell us how you came up with the name Bumble Roofing. Yeah, so um, that's actually a funny story. Um, one, I, I believe in, in today's day and age, you know, business in general is 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 a vehicle to to be able to do something bigger. Um, so, so anytime um, I have any idea or any business that I've ever worked on, um, you know, I, I believe in giving back, um, not just for your local community, but but something much bigger. So, with my last business, um, you know, being that being that I think it's important to use your business as a vehicle for giving back. Uh, we we gave back to a nonprofit called Homes for Our Troops, which help which helped build homes uh, for post 9/11 disabled veterans. Um, now. When I was launching and, and thinking about what I wanted to do with the roofing business and what brand I wanted to build, I really wanted to build a, 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 a fuzzy brand, you know, give people a good feeling with, with who they're working with. So I wanted, to, I wanted to have a mascot behind it. And what better mascot to have, uh, you know, than, than an animal and, you know, just make it animated and make it cute and make it fuzzy. Uh, so as I'm, as I'm thinking about what, what, what animals I want to use, uh, the first choice was choice was actually a kangaroo, just because kangaroo and roofing kind of sounded like. So it was actually going to be called kangaroo roofing. Uh, but after about <laughs> fifteen minutes of just really thinking about it, and and you know not really seeing how that mission of giving back to to kangaroos and on a continent, you know, fifteen hours away from us, uh, really made sense. I, I started thinking more, and um, I just I, I really wanted. To, to, to figure out something that I can give back to here and now that, that will really make a big difference. So after doing some research, um, I started seeing that our bees are on the verge of extinction. Uh, for, for those who may or may not know, um, you know, bees are our number one pollinators. About 40% of the food that we eat today uh, is due to the pollination of bees. And, and, and without bees, uh, the world that we live in today, if it even were to exist, w- w- would not be the same. So I decided to touch on that, um, and that's where the name Bumble Roofing came up with, uh, where I came up with the name Bumble Roofing. Um, and I just felt like we could build a great brand around that, a great story around that. So for every single roof that we replace, uh, we, we do work with a nonprofit called the Xerxes Society. That helps save our most important pollinators. So every time we replace a roof, we give back on behalf of that customer. So they receive a little gift box with a bunch of little merch. Uh, but the uh, the coolest part of that whole gift box is the uh, single serve honeycomb that we put in there. So we partnered up with a company called Pass the Honey, who makes single serve honeycombs, uh, and they get it in this cool little branded box, which is like a collab between us and Pass the Honey. And the customer just again that that's what I was speaking about be, about it before. Once the customer sees that. They become a raving fan. Those are the things customers remember. The service part, yes, customers remember that too. You know, customers remember the quality. They remember the product, which which is equally as important. But eventually, people forget that, right? Eventually, two years, three years down the road, when when a cousin or a friend or a neighbor may need a roof, they may not remember Joe's and Son's roofing, right? Because they just installed a good roof. They don't know what their phone number is. They don't know where to find them and how to think about that. But Bumble is just an easy, catchy name. And again, when, when, when we provide that experience all the way from landing on our website to, to speaking to somebody at our contact center, all the way down to you know receiving the warranty and gift package, I think that that, that plays a huge role in, in, in the customer becoming a raving fan. And 
and you know that's that's the most important thing for us. So again, Bumble was founded on you know just giving back to uh, to our uh, pollinators and um, and really just building an experience and brand around that. We 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 play we play a lot with with the branding. So um, originally it was supposed to be roofing and a buzz, uh, but I didn't think that really aligned with with what we want to do so that turned into our slogan being roofing the easy way but but you'll notice like throughout doing business with bumble roofing that you know we we, we play on a bunch of different b puns throughout everything we do so you know sting free sting free process uh <laughs> instead of having a good better and best package we, we call it our honey hive and queen bee so just little fun things that that, that make and and you know make uh, our, our customers remember who we are Definitely memorable. So I have a random question for you uh, about your branding. I love your little avatar on your signature. So does everybody have a little avatar with the antenna? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Every signature. single uh, employee at our LA, LA location gets their own B avatar. We, we basically take uh, a picture of them and we bumblify them as we like to call it. <laughs> Uh, and then we're, we're now doing that with our franchisees too. So, um, you know, we recently signed on our first franchisee out in Philadelphia. And the first thing that they receive in an email is, is their, their little bumblebee avatars. Aww. It's fun. That's cute. Oh, and again, it. It, it, it goes back to that, to that fuzzy feeling, right? And, and to, to remembering who you're working Well, and it's such an important um, thing that you're doing and, and bringing awareness to. So that's... That's awesome because, you know, it's easy to forget about that. But without them, we wouldn't have any food to eat. So um, yay for the pollinators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, also just to expand on the whole that whole piece and the customer service, I, I like it because you mentioned not remembering the roofer. Yeah. And, you know, a roof is something we all need, but we don't think about it every day. We're not ooing and aahing over our roof. So there needs to be some memorable factor for the next time you need one. I mean, we're here in Texas and we have to replace our roofs a lot more than other people across the country. And so um, it's nice to be be um, top of mind when that need, need comes along. So you talked about being an independent business and then deciding to be a franchise and you referenced Empower Brands. So they are your parent company that acquired your company, and it was through that process that you evolved into a franchise. Is that correct? Or were you correct. had you already? Okay. So I want to make sure. So what have been some of the differences for you from running your own business to now being part of Empower Brands and being a franchise? You said you just signed your first franchisee. So share with us a little bit about that transition. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing, you know, there, there's been we could talk for the next 12 hours about the transitions and, and, you know, moving from small business to corporate world and, and really just taking, you know, all the existing systems and, and, and building on that and making them better. But for me personally, the, the, the biggest thing is that before I was just working for myself, meaning if I don't succeed, then I don't succeed. Right. Like I still have the drive and I, and I, don't, I, I you know, for the past God, as long as I can remember, you know, I still wake up in the morning and I, I still have that drive and I still have that, that responsibility. But now that we're starting to launch these locations and, and we have other people that are believing in us, this is when I lose sleep at night. Like this is where I'm now working. You know, I went from working 12, 14 hour days. Now I'm working 16, 18, 20 hour days sometimes because although I succeeded and although I know the company owned location is in great hands, 
I now need to make sure that every franchisee that that believed in me, that believed in, in Bumble, that believes in Empower will succeed. Um, and I think for, for me, that's 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 the biggest change that I now have. Again, really all these people that that, that believe in, in what we do and what we say. And, you know, we, we, we need to make sure that they're going to succeed. So I'm not, you know, again, you know, franchising is fairly new to me. Uh, so I don't want to talk about what else is out there because I really do not know. Uh, but for me as a brand president, like I'm this, I'm, I'm bootstrapping this entire thing. Yeah. We have empower behind us and we have the marketing and it and software team. And we just brought on, on, on an operations manager for, for, for this concept. And there's a lot of support. Um, but I think, I think getting support from somebody who's been on the ground level, like myself, like my first year in this business, I didn't have a marketing team. I didn't have software. I was figuring it out on my own. You know, I got my feet wet every single day. I went through sleepless nights. You know, I've, 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 I was so stressed out because I didn't know how to, you know, what, where I'm going to get my leads from, right? So, you know, y- yes, over, over the span of, of a year, year and a half, that, that's definitely calmed down. But God, I wish I had that support from the beginning. Uh, but again, you know, having, having that support as a franchisee from, from somebody who's founded a business and, and, and operated it day in and day out and knows the, 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 how to do things the right way and, and knows about the things that, that can potentially go wrong and, you know, hopefully save you from, from doing those things wrong and hopefully ensuring your success. I think, I think that's one of the biggest transitions that, that I've made, um, you know, in, in making sure like, you know, these, these, these people that are signing up, like they're, they're family to me now, right? Like they, they, they believed in, in my vision and it's, it's so important for me for them to succeed. Well, and you make a really good point because these people that are believing in you and signing up with you are um, benefiting from all the learnings, all the mistakes you made, all the things that you did right. Like, you know, this comes with years and years and years of backstory. So I think that's the important thing behind franchising is um, I somebody interviewed me one time and we were talking about, he was an independent business owner and he was interviewing me about franchising and he was talking about all of his mistakes and he referred to it as tuition because, you know, it's, it's just like going to school and learning. It's, it's expensive and and you pay. Um, and that's kind of what the, how I think of the franchise fee, Mm -hmm. you know, you're paying for the secret sauce and the recipe, um, because somebody has actually figured out the recipe that works and you could spend the next 10, 15 years trying to figure it out on your own. Or you could just take something that's all packaged up in a bow for you and run with it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I want to touch on that because if I were able to pay the franchise fee up front and have all that support, I probably, I, I not probably, I would have paid less than all the money I spent for, you know, figuring things out along sure. the way, whether it be software, legal, lead generation, market, like you name it, right? Like even, even. Even the first the, the first car I bought, you know, I bought a used old beat up truck, which was breaking down on a, on a weekly basis. Um, and you know, like a small business owner that doesn't know anything, I decided not to get an insurance plan for the guy driving it. It was totaled within a few months, you know. Mm-hmm. So just all those little things is, you know, if, if I had that support from the beginning and knowing that, hey, I could just put up this. Now that I understand how a small business works, that I can just put up this money and all this is taken care of and I just got to go out and work every day and follow the systems and follow the processes. And my chances of success are much larger. You know, I, I would have definitely done that. 
Well, with all that said, because you just made a really good point, if somebody, you know, I, I think a lot of people that are looking to start businesses want to be mentored by, the, by those that have gone before them, um, you know, because you've learned a lot, right? There's wisdom in in everything that you're talking about. So if somebody approached you and said, hey, David, you know, I know you've owned a business. Now you're, you've become a franchisor. I'm, I'm just thinking about getting started. Is there a bit of information or advice that you would give that person? Yeah. So, um, wow. You know, I, I, I think, I think first and foremost, build a business plan. Um, no matter what you do, no matter what industry you get in, whether it's an established franchise brand, a non-established franchise brand, or just a complete new idea that you want to start on your own, you want to make sure you have a plan in place and that you know, for the most part, where you're headed. Um, I think another big one, which is what's been very successful for us, is focus on the customer. Don't focus on your pocket. Eventually, that will come mm-hmm. uh, if you're focusing on the customer. Uh Third, what you just mentioned is, is get a mentor, right? Like I, I never really had a mentor. I, I guess you can say my dad, my dad was, you know, more of a fatherly, fatherly figure, but I guess, you know, I, I use him as a mentor a lot when it, when it comes to business advice, but going into a new field like roofing, like I, I couldn't go to my dad. So having a mentor is, is, is you know, the, the third one. But I think the, the, the biggest one that's worked very, very well for me is making quick but but smart decisions so making making smart decisions very very quickly and and really never looking back like for me like when i do something success is like i have tunnel vision there's success is the only way like you're gonna have it's it's a it's a roller coaster you know owning owning any business whether it's an established franchise brand or not you're gonna have your days where you're on top of the world and you're like wow like i'm so glad i did this and you're gonna have days where you want to jump off a balcony at the end of the day, the goal is to be in an upward trajectory, you know, kind of like the stock market. You're going to have days in the stock market where they're very, very bad. Uh, you're going to have days where they're very, very good. But the goal is to continue to be in an upward trajectory. And I think I think if you look back and have regrets on those bad days, that's what makes a lot of people fall apart. I'm sure you guys, most people have seen that, you know, that that photo of, of you know, one guy that's digging, 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 and he gives up right before he's about to get to this huge you know, a huge bunch of diamonds. And then you have, uh, and and then he says, you know, I give up and he's right there. Uh, And then you have the other guy right below him who's, you know, who's not given up um, and and, and he made it there. Right. So I think it's just getting out of your head. And and if you have that business plan in, 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 in place, if you're focusing on the customer and you have a mentor that's, that's there to coach you all the time and get you through those dark times, um, I, I think really success at the end of the day is is, is the only mission and, and, and the only outcome that, that, that you'll get to if, if you're doing things the right way. Excellent advice. Thank you. Absolutely. So David, if somebody wanted to reach you, um, what would be the best way for them to find you or and or Bumble Roofing? Yeah, so uh, my email is david at bumbleroofing.com. You can also reach me uh, at my cell, 818-633-8790. There's there's plenty of other people on our team. Um, You know, you could, you could, if you're, if you're looking to potentially owning a franchise for Bumble Roofing, uh, you can visit us either at bumbleroofing.com or bumbleroofingfranchising.com. And of course, uh, on Empower Brands website, which is empowerbrands.com as well. 
Great. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and sharing your story and your learnings with us. Um, For those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. Please follow us on LinkedIn. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, R-A-P-S-K-E, Sarah Wasco, Sarah with no H, W-A-S-K-O-W. You can also find us on frannet.com and on our YouTube channel at Frannet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. Lastly, any of the podcasting platforms host Unpredicted Entrepreneur, and you can follow us there. Thank you. Bye-bye. 